What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Matt Sports House. I am your host, Matthew Anderson. Got Thomas Hemingway, Methodist University's wide receiver, former uh, monarch, former monarch, as a matter of fact. Thomas on today to break down another weekend of college football and open the weekend of the NFL football. But uh, Thomas, how you doing today, man? I'm good, man. Happy football back. I'm happy to be back on. Oh, we're oh we yo, we are back in such full, like full throttle, everything from high school, Thursday night. Oh, I almost forgot to mention that. Thursday night, fr- Friday night, Saturday. You want to watch some uh well, Friday night, you want to watch high school, Saturday, Sunday now with the NFL's back. So we're back in full spill. Uh, I know you've been enjoying it. Yeah, without further ado, y'all, welcome to my sports house. Open up the champagne, pop. It's my house, come on, turn it up. Uh. Hear a knock on the door when the night begins. Cause we've done this before, so you come on in. Make yourself at my home, tell me where you been. Pour yourself something cold, baby, cheers to this. Sometimes you gotta stay in. And you know where I live. Yeah, you know what we is. Sometimes you gotta stay in. All right, Thomas, so we're going to go ahead and get started. Got plenty to talk about here today. Somehow in my planning, I almost forgot about that Thursday night game. I don't know how that happened, but I'm <laughs> glad we kind of spoke on that in the intro. But uh, first things first, let's talk about Alabama, Texas. It's a game that was in Austin, Texas. It had a lot of hype to it, but I think a lot of people thought that Texas was going to get destroyed, you know, in this game. Maybe that Alabama defense is going to show them a lot of looks that uh, their young quarterback, Quinn Ewers, hadn't seen, but that was not the case in what happened in this ball game. Uh, probably, like, going all the way into it. Thomas, what were your thoughts of the game? Um, Definitely agree with what you just said. I mean, you know, even we said it on, on the show last week that, you know, we thought Saban was going to have a good plan, you know, drawn up for, for the young freshman quarterback, you know, send a lot of stuff at him. Um, but, I mean, Texas handled it well, man. They came to play. Uh, especially that defense, which is, you know, I guess you could say something we ain't really used to um, from Texas. Um, but, yeah, they definitely, I mean, yeah, they, they came to play. That's that's best way I could put it. Um, and it wasn't just, you know, one of the situations where it's like they hung with them for a half, you know, and Bam ended up pulling away, hung with them for three quarters, ended up pulling away. I mean, like, you know, they had a real chance to, to win it at the end. You know, it took a, a, a heroic drive by, by Bryce Young at the end to get it done. But, I mean, yeah, Texas was, was, was that close. Um so, I mean, yeah, it's definitely a good sign for Texas. I mean, even though, you know, your star quarterback is hurt um, midway through the game. But just to be able to hang with, um, you know, one of the best teams in, in the country um, is always a good sign. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it seems like, um, you know, the past couple of years, Texas has been playing people tough, you know, when they see some of these top teams come into, come into their hometown. You know, they played LSU tough a couple of years ago when they came there. So, um yeah, you know, it looks like they're trying to get back to form. You know, we seem like every game we always got that one game where people claim Texas is back, but it looks like they could be getting back to that form, you know, if, if they keep up this kind of play. You was at Sam Ellinger. That was the last one we heard. Be like, we're back to Texas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I kind of want to hit on a couple points of this game. First of all, the environment seemed to be a little crazy there. And I think it was Will Anderson Jr. has said that that's one of the loudest stadiums he ever been to. You know, he's played all throughout the SEC West, which, you know, it's commonly yeah. known as being the loudest. He's played in Death Valley, Bryant Denny, a lot of other venues, Mississippi State. Y'all know Starks, yeah. they got the uh, Bells, right? The Cowbells? Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was crazy. And this is like a preview of what Texas will see on a year to year basis. Very interested to see after that performance, I might put them in the West. I was thinking like, okay, Oklahoma, Texas, how do you do that? Which one you put in the West or the East? It's like if Texas can do that and compete with Alabama, I think Mick said yeah. right now, he said, yo, if you put them in, well, clearly they're going to beat his team. He's like, right now, if you put Texas in the um, SEC, they're probably one of the top teams there. So thought that was super interesting. Quinn Ewers. I know he started off with my Buckeyes and then he transferred to Texas. I did not expect that. I really believe that if he stays in that ball game, I think Texas wins the game. The yeah, way he was, yeah, and I, I watched, I watched Quinn Ewers. I, y'all know I'm big in the quarterback in space as far as like watching the interviews, watching the Elite 11s and things like that. 
you watch Quinn Ewers at those things, and sometimes he doesn't make the throw like the ones in high school, but it just everything just seems so effortless for him. Like it's a very natural throwing motion of his. He's not always throwing the traditional way. He's sidearming it sometimes. He's laughing, like he might throw like a 60-yard bomb. He's laughing with the guys. Like yeah. a lot of guys, you'll see like they throw that ball, they're real focused. Quinn is just kind of throw it and just kind of move forward on it. And you saw him just kind of flicking the ball in during the during the game, you know, while he was playing before he ended up with the injury. By the way, y'all, he's out for four to six weeks with that strained SC joint, if I'm not mistaken. But it was just he was just flicking. It was where it was supposed to be at. And even the uh, Texas receiver that they're saying is like their Hollywood Brown, that guy's running full speed down the field. Uh, Quinn Ewers throws it, put it on the motion. And so as soon as I saw Hudson Carr come in the game, I was like, I know he ended up with a little injury. But as soon as I saw Hudson Carr come in the game as the backup for Texas, I was like, there's a reason Quinn won that job. Yeah. There's a reason reason that Quinn won that job as a freshman. And so I saw Hudson come in. I was like, yeah, I don't think – I don't see them winning. It was nice to see, like you said, that defense really stepped up for them. Uh, You saw them getting to the passer a lot and just causing a lot of problems. But we would be – it would be crazy to not speak on Bryce Young. Bryce. Yeah. That boy, Bryce Young. What high school is modern day, right? Oh uh, yeah, is it modern day? I'm pretty sure he's from one of the. I was about to say one of you know. I'm, I'm a little off on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's where I step in. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I think I think it's modern day. I think it's modern day. But look, they've been talking about him a lot. I remember them talking about because they got those red helmets. Yeah, uh, they've been talking about him. Yeah, about yeah, that's cool. yeah. Yeah, and he's just so smooth with it. Everybody on Twitter was saying whenever he was walking them Bama down the field, turning the game, that's the guy. He's just yeah. calm when he's driving down the field, making these big completions. I had even this thought during the game. I'm like, I don't think there's another quarterback in the country I want to drive me down the field on the game when he drive other than him. Yeah. He just like he just does it, and then he has a little swag with him as he's doing it. He does a little dance, and he might go dap up one of the players and then go shake Nick Saban's hand. Yeah. He's just one of the ones. I even made a hot take. I was texting Thomas throughout the game a little bit. I was like, yo, y'all know I'm CJ Stroud now. Y'all know I'm CJ Stroud. <laughs> yeah. I know. Anytime that brother posts videos again, Matt saying QB1. All right. But I don't know. And and CJ Stroud definitely has the measurables. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's like the six foot three guy. Ohio State strength and conditioning is really good. So it'll probably be like 220 by the time it's time for the uh it might be already 220. But uh to pass up Bryce Young, is after you've seen him in the biggest games, the Iron Bowls, yeah. games like this, take that game winning drive, and he just figure it out. And I also kind of want to mention this, too, and hear your thoughts of it. They, I listen to a lot of Joel Klatt. I listen to Joel Klatt. I think he's an excellent analyst. He's like what I feel like growing up, what I used to think of Herb Street. And so yeah. and now he's got like a podcast and stuff, so make sure I go check that. I'm shouting him out. He said it before the game. He said the, the, the crazy thing about Alabama is this year their wide receiver core isn't what it's been in the past. Yeah. And even last yeah. year, Michi and, and uh, Jameson Williams. So it's like you had one guy compliment the other. But this year, did, did you kind of notice that from the Alabama receivers that they weren't necessarily what you have been uh, used to seeing in the years past? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because, um, I mean, like you said, you really ain't got that, um, that you know, kind of headliner guy from the group. Yeah. Um, even when, you know, even the year Devontae Smith won the Heisman, you know, it was him, and then it was kind of a big drop-off after that, but, you know, it was still him. Like, it still had that guy. Um, this year, is, yeah, it's, it's not like past years. It's kind of receiver by committee there. Um, I guess I think their main guy is the transfer they got from um, Georgia last year, Burton. I think it's, I think it's Jermaine Burton. Exactly. Um, no, you're 100% yeah. Burton. Oh, supposed, yeah, it's supposed to be one of the main guys. I think it's him and uh, – I think the guy's name is Trace. It's Treshawn Holden. I don't know if it's Treshawn, but I know his last name Holden. He wears eleven, I think. Treshawn um, Holden. Yeah, he went. Yeah, yeah. Thirty-nine yards. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. So yeah, but it's 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 like you know who the you know who the guys are supposed to be, but it's, they're not having that same impact as a Jamison Williams or a John Mechie or you know Devontae Smith or receiver we've seen in the past. So, nah, it, it, it's definitely receiver by committee out there, but. It can be like that when you got a quarterback, you know, like Bryce Young, who just, you know, he knows how to spread the ball out well, a good game manager, you know, good uh, good field general. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, like I said, that, that problem gets solved easily when you got a good quarterback like, like Bryce Young back there. 
because you even saw a couple of times with Bryce Young. I do want to give his numbers for the day. He went uh, to do, he went 27 for 39 for 213 yards and a touchdown. But as we know, for quarterbacks, the most important number, he got the win. But there was a couple of times he hit the receivers in the hands and made him catch the ball. But one thing you love about him, he's like, okay, we're cool. And we move forward. You don't see him like looking up to the sky and looking yeah, at the body ground. Yeah. And doing all that, and we know that's super important for the quarterbacks. Uh, what's his name? But I did want to say Jameer Gibbs, right? Coming from Georgia Tech, he's a running back. But it, I noticed it early on. They hit him, it must have been the first two drives, like let's say like six times he touched the ball, and it was like he was the clear mismatch. Yeah. You can run him out that backfield. Oh, they struggled a little bit in the run, but you can throw it to him on some swing routes, whatever the case may be, a little wheel route, but he was the mismatch that Texas didn't have an answer to. And I figured yeah. it's like Bill O'Brien's office coordinator at Alabama. Yeah, I think so, yeah. It was crazy for me to hear that because it's like Steve Sarkeesian is the head coach at Texas. Meanwhile, you have Bill O'Brien, who just took, again, you know, Bill O'Brien, Houston Texans, kind of a sticky situation. There. Yeah. But nonetheless, they won the, the division like three times, and he's the offensive coordinator. Not the head yeah. man, he's the offense. And so I heard when they, one of the commentators say, yeah, Bill O'Brien drew that up. I was like, that's such a flex. <laughs> that's such yeah. a flex. Yeah. To have an NFL head coach calling plays for me. But, yeah. yeah. So, you know, they, they, they say saving, they say saving kind of like a – kind of like rehab for, for college coaches like whenever coaches kind of need to get that that rebrand or get a you know a couple years back under their belt before they get their head coaching job it seems like they take off the bama do their couple years there and then take out like lane kiff you've seen it with lane after he went all you know through his mess with the raiders in tennessee came back to bama was the oc for three four years right back in the head coaching job at Ole miss same with you know sarkeesian came held bama out for a couple years now you're right back in the head coaching seat so It'll probably be the same for Bill O'Brien. He'll probably be at Bama this year, next year, and then be an OC in the lead and, you know, right back in the head coaching job, you know, in five, six years from now. So you, you can say you go do a work study. <laughs> you go do your work yeah, study in Alabama, yeah. get everything yeah. together, clear off your radar, shoot right back yeah. out there. Do you want to mention it and move off this? I know we got other stuff to talk about. Steve Sarkeesian, right? I'm really, you know, I don't want to jump on the hype train, but I feel like he might be the guy to get them back where they need to go. With that offense, like, uh, not to compare him to, what's that guy's name out there, at Lincoln Riley, but it's like he just knows how to put his offensive players, specifically, I'm speaking on offense, in the best position yeah. to be successful. It's like, I feel like he has a very good understanding of, okay, who's my quarterback? What are my weapons? And you saw it that year, whenever Devontae Smith and all those guys were at Alabama, um, they won national champions. Like, God, this guy just knows how to put these guys in the best position to be successful. So you yeah. kind of saw him like the, the way like the Quinn's gifts were perfectly matched up with what needed to be done. And it's crazy. I would say this about the quarterback position. It's crazy what happens when you take the quarterback out and put a new one in. It's like yeah. that's, how, that's how important the quarterback is. Because yeah, same receivers, Bijan Robinson, same thing. You take the guy out. You put in the next guy, and it doesn't flow as well, too. So uh, definitely think Texas is in the right direction. Luckily, they got, like, probably, like, what, a year? No, it got at least two more years with Quinn. I just hate yeah. to see four to six games because it's like, okay, that, that's a little while. And they're saying that he might be back for the Oklahoma game. So, you know, hopefully that is. And, yeah, that and luckily it's on his non-throwing shoulder, too. So as bad as it is, yeah. throwing shoulder probably really bad. Yeah, and and uh, I was about to say just to hit on Bryce Young again real quick before we move on. But when I was watching that last drive, Mac, I was getting like, I was getting that same, and and maybe it's because you know we kind of saw him in the Iron Bowl before, like you said, you know we we seen him in a big moment before. But it, I was having that same feeling in my feeling in my stomach, like when Brady or Aaron Rodgers come out, you know, with with, with you know with two minutes left on the clock in the fourth, it's just like you know, you know, some quarterbacks you like. Yeah, it's a stretch. Like, it ain't looking good. But, like, you get Rodgers and Brady the ball back a minute 30 left. They got to go 85 yards. It's like, it, that's still a ball game. It was the same thing with, with Bryce Young. I'm like, I just know he's going to drive these boys on the field, you know, happening because you know he's going to be smart with the ball. You know, he's not going to make, you know, any risky throws or anything. Um, And, I mean, like you said, just about his body language and demeanor, on that play where they sent the corner, you know, blitz on him off the edge and he ducks up on him, runs for the first down. I remember seeing on the broadcast, he ran for the first down and he's like coming off the, uh, you know, running back to the huddle, looking at somebody on the sideline, like talking to him, you know, laughing, shaking his head, kind of like you said. And it's like, 
the most pressure, you know, pressurized moment in the game, and he's, you know, sitting back there laughing and stuff. So, like you said, he it's just like he has all the tools, you know, leadership on the field, all that. So, yeah, now nah, he's gonna be a problem. I, I agree with what you said when you text me during the game, man. He he's a top ten quarterback in the future for sure. No, this dude, no, no, oh, you're hundred percent right. It's like. And even the announcer said in class said he was like the Starkeesia's looking down like he might have left the he might have left the guy that he recruited Alabama a little bit too much time. I feel like in Alabama, everybody's like, oh, we got this. This, yeah. this could have been much worse. We got all this time down here to run yeah. down that field. I but I do say this, and then we're gonna have to move off this topic. Oh man, I, Georgia, this, this ain't this from what I saw yesterday, due to the lack of the receivers that like the elite receivers right now at Alabama. Granted, they're at Alabama, so they're great, but yeah, due to like none of the really dominant guys, Georgia got a shot. Just yeah. like last year, Georgia got a shot, depending on what Ohio State does. Even Ohio State, my my guys, go buck guys got to win again yesterday. I think Marvin Harrison had. Three touchdowns, 150 or 60 yeah, yards. Yeah. But due to even Ohio State, right? Like our weakness is definitely probably at corner. I think we're pretty good at safety. And it's like, so if they're not killing us at wide receiver, then I'm sure that and I'm sure like that gives us a chance and it gives a lot of teams in the area to be able to, you know, potentially like sneak up in there. So yeah. Bama's beatable this year. Uh, I guess we can go ahead and mention it real quickly. Let me move off. But Texas A&M is also beatable this year. Uh, <laughs> they just got beat by App State. Want to go ahead and give you guys that score. That's all a great thing. They beat them with Chase Bryce, the former Clemson quarterback uh, for App State. They App State won that game 17-14. And it's crazy because App State has one four and a five star player on that team. And it just might be Chase Bryce coming out of high school. So he wasn't even like they just recruited him. That's one guy that's been at Clemson for a while. Yeah. Meanwhile, Texas AM, and I just felt like this would be a natural transition just because we're talking about SEC West teams and teams that at least were contenders, maybe. Uh Texas AM had 56 <laughs> four to five star players. <laughs> So the fact that that happened, yo, what what were your thoughts on that AM that whenever you saw the AM took down Texas AM? I mean that uh, App State took down man. Texas AM. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I mean App State, man, it seems like App State does this about every year or every other year. Yep. Like I don't know. I mean, I think people understand it at this point that like when you see App State on the schedule, it ain't just one of them non-conference opponents. You just all right, check it off, we on to the next week. Like App State gonna bring the fight to you every, you know, every, every game. So, um, I mean, you know, we just saw him almost knock off North Carolina last week. Um, but yeah, man, it's like, I don't know. I, I was kind of stuck between, you know, is this is this what App State always does and what it's known for? Or is this what Jimbo Fisher, you know, and A and M doing, you know, and what they're kind of always known for? Um, Cause I mean, it seems like every year A and M got that hype of, you know, they're supposed to be a top ten team, you know. They're going to be competing to be in the West, but it seems like every year, you know, and it, it might not always be an upset, but it just seems like AM just always, you know, has the most untimely losses or, you know, they always lose the games they're not supposed to lose. Um, I, I think that's an excellent point. I think that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's like, man, I yeah. feel like AM almost beat Bama every year. And then it's like, yeah. But then there's this one game, which usually it's, I feel like it's like a lesser SEC opponent or something yeah. like that, maybe. It's just like when we catches them slipping. But it's like, and yeah. I'm thinking if the, all this is true with this money situation, it's like, oh, no. Oh, absolutely yeah. not. It's one thing we lose, but we're doing this the right way. College football doing the things the right way, whatever. Yeah. But it's like, we got 56, y'all boys. These contracts is real. We, yeah. we can't afford to lose that because, you know, sometimes uh, college football is right now, maybe you have a little bit more luck in that 12 playoff format. That yeah. one loss, that might cost you the year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Yeah, at this point, we yeah, one or two loss. I mean, you know, it's a little easier when you're a top SEC team because it's like, you scared, you know, strength of schedule, you can usually bounce back. So it's like, you know, one, one L might not hurt you. But, yeah, man, and it's like, like I said, I don't I don't necessarily want to put it on a and I mean, because, yeah, they do kind of have a – history but I mean at the same time you look back at Jimbo Fisher and his coaching history he kind of has the same type history like I mean you know that national championship you won at Florida State with Jameson and boy holds a lot of weight but even after that it was like every year Florida State was supposed to have a top you know top team you know supposed to you know you know be in that in that hunt to win the ACC every year with Clemson and you know they lose you know to a lesser ACC opponent kind of like you said um you know in the SEC with, with A&M so I don't know. As I said, I don't know if it's an A and M thing, a Jimbo Fisher thing, but 
Yeah, it, it, it just seems like they don't, they don't have the best luck when it comes to, uh, you know, beating these teams they're supposed to handle. Yeah, and now you now the thing is, because you've actually made a good point. I didn't even think about this. Like, they're in the West. So, they be, they're going to play Bam, but they're probably going to play Bam. Yeah. And who else, if they're not them, the other team that would win the SEC championship game. So, as long as you went out there, you're in yeah. the SEC championship game. You win that, you still write your ticket. It's just a bad look. It's a bad taste in your mouth. But I guess also, on the flip side, you can say it creates a, very, a sense of urgency that yeah. maybe you did not have. It's like, yeah. oh, this is for real. And I would be like, we would be crazy not to mention. You saw the preview Netflix dropped with Johnny Manziel? Uh, I didn't watch the preview, but I saw they, I saw they, you know, put one out. But I, yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't know how I ain't watched it, but yeah, I, I ain't watched the, uh, the preview yet. It's just him. And it's like the college football fans, the ones that really love it. it it'd be funny. Even when I was out there today watching NFL games, I'm like, y'all, y'all watch college football. And the way you answer that question lets me know everything. I don't even really need to hear your, like, your actual answer. I know about the enthusiasm with us who love college football. And but anyway, my point is saying we are all of us college football fans are like, yeah, that, the excitement for that is very similar to when this NCAA dropped because we know what that time for in uh college station Texas was like, but we yeah, in college football, period, yeah, and to understand the details of it that, like, yeah. okay, maybe we didn't understand exactly what happened. Johnny Menzel does a lot of interviews, and so I get to catch a lot of the game, he'll be like, Yeah, I was drunk before practice and you go out there and run 50 and it's like, okay but whenever you put that video with that you know netflix mm-hmm. you're doing a good job i'm pretty sure they're gonna be pretty good producers and whatnot for yeah. it definitely looking forward to hear the the the, the tale of johnny mezel the house that johnny built uh yeah. there in college station but we keep moving uh got a lot to talk about here great episode i can see it i can feel it uh <laughs> <laughs> definitely go ahead and mention you know i really have been i feel like a storyteller I have, <laughs> I, as soon as I seen, obviously, Lincoln Riley go to USC, I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. I have not really been watching USC football. So when I say USC, I mean University of Southern Cal, depending on where y'all are listening to this from, I don't know. But University of Southern Cal, I ain't really been watching them in a couple of years. But I was like, oh, I keep hearing about Caleb Williams. I keep hearing about Addison, the bundle call for war winner there. Like, okay, if the job of getting these guys there was to get viewership up, they've done his job. Because I said, oh, I'm tuning yeah. in. Yeah. They, they play in Stanford. Okay, so that's a team that we know traditionally is pretty physical. They're one of the guys in the Pac-12. And so I tuned into the game. Look, before I even go into my spiel, did you watch that game? Yeah, yeah. I'm, man, that, I'm the same way. Like, the way you explained it, it's like, any other, if it wasn't Caleb Williams and the boys, I would have been tuning in. But it's like, yeah, I, I had to cut it off. Yo, let me tell y'all something. Just to, let's cross the baseline out of it. The University of Southern Cal won the game final score 41-28. Caleb Williams, 20 for 27, 341 yards and four touchdowns. Travis died. They're running back. I think he came from Oregon. And it's so crazy yep. when you watch these University of Southern Cal games because every single player that touches the ball, oh, yeah, he came from uh, Oregon. And yep, Stanford. He, yeah. <laughs> he came from Stanford. Oh, yeah, yeah, you see him who just caught that touchdown? Colorado. It, this man Lincoln Riley literally went there and said, "I want these. Maybe these are guys I didn't get in Oklahoma, but these guys yep. have great talent." He went and sold to them Southern Cal, sold them the division, and it is working. I had a screenshot of it. I want to see if I still have it. Up. It was a screenshot of uh, it was like twenty six guys on their roster who came from different places or whatnot, and that offense is stacked. Did not know too much about Jordan Addison. Didn't know about him. Yeah. I was looking to see what he was going to do against a Stanford team that has pretty good players. That brother's for real. Seven catches, <laughs> 72 yards, two touchdowns, 24.6 yards for a carry. He's smooth. Look, you, you're not going to, like, he can run that little screen route as you would expect the Blender Cough Award winner. Caleb Williams yeah. put the ball on the dime. Uh, Southern Cows, their defense, I would say you can drive on them, but they apparently they've had, like, Five or six uh, tip drill uh, interception. Yeah, interception. Yeah. So they create turnovers. That offense is for real. That offense is for real. And you know they're for real because they wouldn't got the best players throughout the country. And they say, y'all come yep. to Southern Cal. We're going to make this happen. Man, what you what you think about Southern Cal? Man, man, I'm with you, man. I'm like, I'm looking at that offense like, boy, them boys got some weapons, man. I mean, like you said, they got the Belinda Call for World Winner last year. Um, and then, you know, die from Oregon and they got, uh, Mario Williams who, you know, wears four for them out of slide at receiver who came from Oklahoma. Um, so yeah, man, I'm same thing. It, it, it's just like, it seems like everybody he throws is, 
Caleb Williams can do it, you know, throwing a deep ball. You know, he can push you down the field throwing the ball. Or like you said, he can just throw little dump screens, little tunnel screens, and the receivers can, you know, make plays themselves. It's like they're getting it to you however you want it. Um, but, yeah, man, I'm like they, – they looking like real deal. I mean, we both said, you know, the Rice game last week was one thing, you know, good introduction, you know, good way to get your feet wet. But, you know, let, let's see what they do against, you know, some, some better competition. Um, and, yeah, man, them boys can play, man. This – yeah, them boys can to play. I ain't gonna lie, Caleb Williams surprised me this year. Like I, I knew he was supposed to be that deal, but man, I think I saw a stat where it's like so far this year between you know these these first two games, he's got more touchdowns and incompletions. I think. <laughs> That's I think crazy. I think throughout both games, he's only thrown like five or six incompletions, and I think he might have like six or seven touchdowns. So, yeah, man, it's it, they looking like real deal. Like you said, as long as their defense can can hold, when you got an offense like that. Defense really just got to be on some bend but don't break type stuff. And like you said, forced turnovers just to get the ball back in your offense's hand. Um, so, I mean, yeah, and conference-wise, you know, I mean, the schedule's in their favor. Um, just because, I mean, you know, they don't have a grueling schedule, you know, like the SEC, Big Ten, uh, Big 12, or anything like that. Um, you know, that Pac-12 schedule shouldn't be should be too crazy on them. Um, so, yeah, man, I mean, they got a shot, you know, as long as they just, you know, do what they – Really, that that's the blueprint for any top team is just beat the beat the teams you're supposed to beat and you yeah. know handle them big games when you get there. Um, so yeah, man, they they just gotta stay consistent. Um, but I mean, it's always good when you got multiple playmakers on your offense. You know, it ain't like you just you know once Addison gets shut down, you know it's like all right, you know we're looking for that next guy to step up. It's you know you know you can have somebody right behind him producing just you know almost just as the same as him. So yeah, now nah, they they can be for real for sure. And some of their guys in the like you can sit there and look at the game. It's like, okay, oh, that's cool. Emmett Smith's here. I wonder why. Jerry Rice is here. I wonder why. Marv, well, not there's another one. There was another one. Um, there's Jerry Rice son. And it's like, oh, so like for example, I think Jerry Rice son is the receiver there for the USC. And yeah. you're like, okay, so at worst case scenario, this guy's got a really good framework as a receiver. His dad is Jerry Rice. Yeah. And I think Stanford, Emmett Smith's son is there. And who's the other running back that's real popular? That son plays for Stanford. Emmett and... He plays for Stanford? It might be Southern Cal. It was another one of those big-time guys has a son that was playing in this game. Uh, mm. I can't think of it. But and then, obviously, as we were talking earlier with Marvin Harrison, like, you hear that name, it's like, oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, he was a guy who used to ball with a coach forever. And so they're, yeah. they're going to have a decent framework of understanding of the position just because they've been probably doing it their whole life, and they've had, like, expert opinion from day one. Like, these kids yeah. got, got up the strap, get out the stroller, running the, like, five-step slant. Like, <laughs> yeah. they're just doing it with their eyes closed. So I thought that was interesting. USC, definitely a team to watch for because and i think too i don't know about everybody else but specifically me when i used to see caleb williams at oklahoma it was like he was going for a great run yeah like a great run it's like okay this dude's madly athletic but i didn't from because i didn't don't exclusively watch oklahoma like that i didn't see him like airing it out that much but i've seen everything i need to see now i'm like yo you yeah. see and definitely they got some things they have to work on especially defense they're a long way so now there's a long there a long way from probably being where they exactly want to be at. But as the season keeps going, that Pac-12 is only but so strong. That yeah. definitely think the expectation for them at this point, unless barring some major injuries, at least at least compete in the Pac-12 championship. Yeah. And you know that yeah. would be so exciting for like Southern Cal, who's kind of been irrelevant for a little while here. Yeah, I'll about to say we yeah, last time they were really. I mean, obviously you had the Reggie Bush days and all that, but as far as since then. Last time, I mean, they was really jumping was like, like them Adore Jackson, Juju days, like yeah. And even then, it's not like they was competing for national championships. You know, it was just like you know they was kind of one of the top teams in the Pac-12. But yeah, now nah, it, it's been a minute. Yeah, no, for, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like Adore Jackson the last time because I think they played in a Rose Bowl that year. We're yeah. gonna keep it moving here. We're gonna talk about it real quickly about some of these other topics. I'm sure we'll end up going off on some rants. But uh, talk about the University of South Carolina Gamecocks of the USC. Depending on your coach that year at USC, South Carolina went on to play Arkansas this week. Uh, they lost the game at Arkansas with the final score of 44-30. Spencer Rattler, 24-39, 376 yards. Uh, let's see, to, to do Arkansas's quarterback, K.J. Jefferson, 18 for 21, 162 yards. And on the ground, he had 19 catches, 67 yards. I had no I had I knew that Arkansas was plays a very physical brand of football 
but that is different. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> they do with them them offensive line. But as Thomas kind of mentioned to me yesterday, I kind of forgot about it. Their head coach was an offensive line coach. So that kind of lets you know at Georgia, at Georgia, that at Georgia, we're home of the great backs. <laughs> you got great backs for the most part. You have a great offensive line, so to be expected. But now they just out physical South Carolina every phase of the game. Yeah, I think I keep saying this: the best bet for South Carolina is going to be to run Marshawn Lloyd, get him involved, like Alabama got number one involved for them. And just because he just brings a different aspect to the game. Like yeah. he's running around, making plays. He's a five-star. So he's doing what we expect a five-star to do. But uh, I don't know, like, because South Carolina, obviously playing the SEC, is going to be tough. Uh, what do you think? Because like, I think uh, I think Arkansas is going to do well this season. I think they're going to keep rolling yeah. or not. But what do you think after watching some of that game uh, that South Carolina could do to kind of have a successful year? I agree with you, man. We got to get that run game established. That way we can actually make Rattler a threat. You know, not saying he in a threat, but, you know, you know, when you get to run game going, it opens it up for play action. You know, defense yeah. got to respect the run, so they, you know, bring people up, opens it up for, you know, pass game and stuff. Um, so, I mean, I, I think as an offense, we just kind of stuck in between, like, do we let Rattler put it on his back and lead us throwing the ball or, you know, it's kind of like we're trying to run it just enough to where they got to respect the pass. It's not like we really establishing a good rain game down there. Um, but, yeah, man, it's, uh, you know, I, I still think we we a couple years away from, you know, just as far as, like, having the the, the same type players to be com- competing with them teams in the West. Because, like you said, it was just, like, from a snap, you could just tell, like, Arkansas was just playing just, like, a whole different brand of football than we were, um, or than Carolina was, should I say. Um Hey, yeah, man, that, that KJ Jefferson, man, he's the real deal. Um, yeah, he's the real deal. And and um, like you, you know, like you texted me during the you had called me, I think, in the middle of that game. Like you were saying, like, man, he like he a quarterback, but he's running right at these defenders, like he's not shying away from any kind of contact. And that, you know, that's not normal for, for any kind of quarterback. You know, even the, the quarterbacks who do run, it's like, you know, your coach is gonna tell you, get out, you know, get out of the way, something, but. I mean, Jefferson was taking it to him like, you know, like he was getting handoffs out of the backfield or something, man. So he real deal, man. But I don't know. I, I think uh, – I, I just think Carolina – We and another thing, I just think they kind of got to find their identity. Like, I, I just feel – you know, how we're talking about Arkansas's brand of football, they were physical. Like, I don't – you know, when you speak on Carolina's brand of football, I couldn't really tell you what that is, you know. Um, so I just think we kind of got to establish that identity. Um you know, get a little bit more confidence about ourselves as a team. Because, um, I mean, we hung in there with them. I mean, we only lost by 14. Um, there was plenty of points in the game where the game, you know, just could have got out of hand and went off the rails. But, I mean, they stayed in the pocket um, and, you know, you know, kept fighting. So, it, it's, it was good to see that we ain't just laying down yeah. anymore. You know, we get down a couple of scores and it's like, all right, that's it. Um, you know, felt like we, you know, I, I can't say it felt like we were in it the whole game because, I mean, pretty much the whole game, we were all, you know, always separated by about a score or two. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think we we just got a couple more st- steps to take before we really are where we at, you know, where we want to be at as a program. Um, so, you know, I can't say it's anything, like, negative, like, oh, you know, but you need to fix this, fix that. But, like I said, just I, I just think we'll we'll get better, you know, through playing as a team and all that. So, yeah, we'll see where it go from here. Yeah, I saw the Spurs up show say as well. They're like, there's a reason that South Carolina is really recruiting heavily on that offensive and defensive line. Yeah. Uh, they feel like you really need to be able to be dominant there, get the best players. And I think, yeah. too, like, South Carolina get another, uh, hopefully, you know, even the guy comes in ready like this or he develops into it, but another, like, a receiver that everybody can look at, though, that's going to be the yeah. guy. That's yeah. going to be the guy a week in, a week out. You know, you look back in history, you look at guys like Alshon, those type of guys, uh, A. Sanders, guys where you know it's like, that's the guy. Like yeah. I said, you ain't got to look too far. Brian Edwards, Sha Smith stepped up a little bit in his uh, senior year campaign as well. And you, he's wearing a lot. He's great, getting a lot of good reviews in the league. I heard Christian McCaffrey, like, we know he's great. We just got to get it all out of him. So yeah. need another guy like that to step up. And uh, I think they'll be in the right place. got to keep moving here. Of uh, going through this SEC, Kentucky. Thomas, you watched this one at least a little bit of it. Uh, Kentucky versus Florida. Kentucky yeah, number sure. nine team in the country. Got yeah. the win. Final score twenty six sixteen. If I'm not mistaken, that game was yeah. in the swamp. 
Yep. What did Kentucky do to get that win? Man, they, they played good defense on Florida, man. They had, I mean, Anthony Richardson just looked like a complete opposite, you know, from what we saw uh, against Utah last week. Right. Um, Kentucky, yeah, I mean, they brought it to him. They, he, he was a little off. He, he, made, he had some bad throws. He made some bad decisions. Um, he had a bad pick six uh, late in the game. I can't remember if it was like late third, early for fourth quarter, but um, looked like one of them replays, you know, where the receiver can either run a, a hitch, you know, if the corner's off or, you know, convert it to a fade if, if, if he's uh, pressed up. Um, and he just made a bad read on that um, through a pick six. Um, so I think he had, yeah, he, he had a, a couple picks in that game, two or three. I, I want to say it was just two, but yeah, man, I mean, they, they, they put the pressure on them. Like I said, forced bad throws. They caused turnovers. Um, and, I mean, they got a good quarterback on their side of the ball, too, and, and Will Levis. Um, so, I mean, yeah, he, he was just able to lead them. I, that's a, they, they was in a tough environment. Now. That, was a, that was a tough environment down there in Florida. Um, they were real juiced up, you know, after that game last week. But, um, yeah, like I said, I just – Anthony Richardson just did not look as good as he did last week against Utah. Um, so yeah, they yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have to go to the back to the drawing board on that one. Um, and that's the thing. It, it, it just seemed like he wasn't able to, to just push him down the field like he's supposed to. And that's the thing, too. Is like the thing is like you gotta what do they say to be great, you gotta be consistently be good. Yeah. And that's the thing too. Whenever you get that first win, uh Napier's first game, the, the country's kind of tuned in now. Yeah. And so it's like, and so when you forgot to follow that up with another big win, but I guess he's young, so he'll learn a lot from it as he develops there. But hey, big win for Kentucky. And I think a lot of teams need to do a case study in Kentucky. They, they get stooped. It, it was a little slow there at first. Yeah. But now Kentucky is becoming a team that's pretty predictably, you're going to beat themselves in that top 15. They're, they're yeah. a good SEC team. When you see Kentucky on the roster, it's no longer like, Oh, bye week. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's like we got, we got a team that got to play here. We're going to keep moving right. here. Real quickly, Notre Dame loses. Was that? I'm pretty sure. Were they, were they at home? Were they in South? Oh yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they were at home. Man, lose to Marshall, 26-21. Marcus Freeman's third loss as as the head coach of Notre Dame because one of them was in last year in the in the play, not the playoffs, but in a bowl game. Then mm. obviously lose to Ohio State, but then you lay an egg against Marshall, 26-21. That's tough. That's yeah. tough because now, you know, we were all hurt. Like, he's a player's coach. The players wanted to have his back and stuff. Now that alumni is looking like, did we make the right decision? And somebody somebody said this. They said the, the amount of racism Marcus Freeman is about to experience. Because I think he's the first black coach ever. He's the first black I think coach. so, yeah. I think so. And they just lost three. And to lose to Marshall, after putting up such a performance, like after that Ohio State game, I think they're thinking like, oh, got a team right yeah. here. And you know that you know they're independent as well too. So like these losses hurt them a little bit more because yeah. they're not playing in no conference championship. I think I think if they can somehow manage because I remember didn't they play Clemson in the uh, ACC championship like a couple years back? Yeah, that COVID year. Yeah, yeah they can somehow manage that. It's a little different Notre Dame, but uh, hey, what were your thoughts when you saw that one? Man, same old Notre Dame. They just got caught earlier this year. Um, man, it, like it'd be the same old Notre Dame to me, man. I mean, I'm I'm disappointed because you know I'm. I was, you know, wishing well for Marcus Freeman and all that, you know, especially with this being his first year. Um, but, yeah, man, like I said, same old Notre Dame to me. I mean, I feel like Notre Dame does this every year. If they don't lose to a lesser opponent during the regular season, they're going to get to the playoff and get and get whacked in the postseason. Um, so, like I said, I just feel like they got caught earlier this year. Um, but, I mean, regardless, that's that definitely in the game that they're supposed to lose, um, you know, by any means. Like, I, I agree with you. That's – that was the last thing I was expecting and coming off, you know, the way how, how competitive they played Ohio State last week at Ohio State. Um, so, yeah, so for them to come home like that and, and Marcus Freeman's first game back home at Notre Dame, um, yeah, that's yeah, that, that, that's got to be disappointing. And I know I know them fans over there, uh, they're, they're just up in arms over there in, uh, in South Bend. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I guess you got to wonder how, how much time, you know, they're going to give them to, the, you know, are they kind of – you know, gonna let this first year slide, you know, oh, it's his first year, what? Um, so, I mean, you gotta wonder how much time they're gonna give him, you know, when, when Notre Dame kind of has that winning pedigree, you know, in their history. Um, so, yeah, man, I mean, I, I hope he's able to get it together, though. Yeah, 0-3, um, like like you said, when the players vouch for him, 
Um, you know, I, I know them alumni are, you know, probably looking at them players or that coaching staff, like like I told you so. You so, should have did that. Oh, what did that? What did they call it? The recruiting search or not? The coaches, yeah, the coaching committee. They were, they yeah, were committee, like we thought of, but yes, yeah. very interesting to watch there. But that definitely was a surprise, yeah, Thomas. And also, I know you saw the news, get some hands real quick. Scott Frost is out at Nebraska. I think they lost this week again. Let's see who they lost to. Yeah, they lost the seven. <sighs> That's tough. So you start off the year. That's tough. Bro. You start off the year losing to was it Northwestern? Then you lose yeah. to shout out Ryan Helensky. Then you lose to North Dakota. Yeah, you lose to North Dakota. No, no, they beat North Dakota. Yeah, yeah they beat North Dakota 38-17 on Labor Day weekend. But then you lose to Georgia Southern. That's just inexcusable. You know, Nebraska, the Big Ten, big on football, just like yeah. Florida. It's just crazy to think because you you heard him beat. You you heard Scott Frost win at the University of Central Florida, and you're like, oh, so he's about to go to his alma mater, and like they're about yeah. to go crazy, and it just didn't work out for him. Yeah, man, people. Are, yeah, I, I I never thought he should have led the UCF situation in the first place. I seem like it was kind of because I don't think he was at UCF for that long before okay. he did. I think I think Frost had about a good season. He might have been there for like, man. Hold on, I got my laptop right here. Let me not. Let me not sound crazy um but yeah I think um I want to say he was only there for like three seasons and maybe had a solid two seasons and then took off for Nebraska right um, right but yeah uh says he was yeah he was only at UCF for two seasons um so I just feel like he got out of there a little quicker than he he really should um, right. I kind of feel you know like you said he was kind of chasing that that hometown you know being back at home being back at my alma mater you know that whole dream but um I mean, he he had a squad over there at UCF, man, and and you know, scheduling reasons, you know, they they in that American conference, so so the schedule ain't gonna be as grueling as a Big Ten schedule in Nebraska, and you know, you go to Nebraska, you competing and recruiting with other schools in the Big Ten, you know, Ohio State, Michigan State, you know, you ain't gonna be able to compete with them at Nebraska on the recruiting trail. So, um, yeah, I, I I hate to see it it turn out the way that it did though. Um, Especially, I mean, we only three weeks into the, you know, really two weeks into the college football season. And, you know, he's he getting fired like that. I mean, the night after game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but I'm sure he'll probably get picked up as a coordinator or some, you know, some kind of assistant at, at some other school sooner or later. And, you know, he'll, he'll just have to work his way back up, you know, to the head coaching position, man. But, yeah, I just hate to see how this situation turned out because that, man, that, that year, that, uh, uh, yeah, because Frost was a coach at UCF the year they won their little, you know, national, national championship. championship, ain't it, where yeah. they were undefeated? Yeah, so, yeah, I remember that energy that year was crazy, man. So, I just feel like he, he shouldn't have never left that situation to begin with. But, yeah, yeah, we see how it turned out. Yeah, so, yeah, he's out of there. I saw the report this morning. I hit my phone. I was like, well, that's definitely a topic for the podcast. But so we'll see where he ends up landing, or maybe he takes his year off, maybe do some analyst roles. I swear he is being always got analyst job open. Like, yeah. come on, work with yeah, us. Yeah, that's what yeah, that's what it is. He's gonna come on as an analyst for the rest of the And season. then yeah, and just kind of figure it out from there and then probably head back into it if he still loves it. Okay, we're yeah. gonna keep moving here. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens got the win today over the Jets. Have Joe Flacco and the company did not look good. It seems like uh they need Zach Wilson to get back ASAP. The, the Ravens won school final score of 24 to 9. Lamar Jackson looked really good in this game. Uh had, had a no-look pass. Everybody's saying they want the same love they get to Patrick Mahomes. So I'm gonna go give him a shout out there. He was yeah. 30, 213 yards, three touchdowns. Uh and they rushed over only six carries for 17 yards. But they got the job done. But what I really want to hit on with Lamar is that contract he got. Uh, that that is being reported that he turned down. We do know Lamar represents himself. Like his mom, him and his mom kind of represent him. Yeah, yeah. Non-traditional thing there. But apparently the reports have come out that he turned down a five-year extension offer worth over $250 million with $133 million guaranteed at signing. Apparently he turned that down because he wanted that Deshaun Watson deal, which is that fully guaranteed money. Do you think yep. people, do you think they'll offer him at some point that fully guaranteed money, or do you think they're gonna always like negotiate that down? Uh, man, uh, see that's tough. That's tough, man. At see, I I I can't see if they're gonna do it because I know how these NFL teams get down, 
NFL teams have so much pride, they always think they can find a replacement for you. Yeah. You know, if, if not something better, something close to it. Um, I want to say I feel like eventually they're going to get it done. I feel like this this process was just kind of seeing how far they could stretch it with Lamar. Like, like how, you know, just, just how far can we, you know, take it for he just, you know, before he decides to sign or just says he's not. So I think now that he's shown him, like, he's for real, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not signing that deal unless it's fully guaranteed. I think they'll end up getting something worked out because, I mean, I mean, people, you know, the critics can say what they want to say, but, I mean, Lamar doing, you know, it, it's not too many people in the league doing what Lamar's done in this short time that he's been in the league. I mean, you know, like you said, he's looking for the DWAP money, and he's done, you know, we, we can say he's done more than Deshaun Watson's done in the league so far. I mean, they pretty much, you know, equal caliber of quarterback, but, I mean, you know, Lamar has won a couple more playoff games than, than Deshaun has. I don't know if Deshaun's got one yet, one playoff game yet. I know he's been in the playoffs. Um, but, I mean, just, you know, I feel like just as a quarterback, in my opinion, you know, I, I know D-Watch your boy, man. Just in my opinion, I feel like Lamar is better. You know, he, you know, he can do a lot more with his legs. And I just I just feel like his arms more dynamic than a D-Watch. You know, like you said, with the, you know, the sidearm throws, no-look throws, you know, like that. So, I think if you're going to sit there and compare him to the other young quarterbacks in the league, then for sure they got to give him that money. Um, will they? My I, like I said, I, I can only hope they will, but I just know how these NFL teams get down, man. They they might think they can find something better in one of these next couple drafts. Um, hey, they they might see might see Bryce Young here coming up in this next draft. Be like, man, we can let Lamar go. Find us a nice little replacement, man. But I don't know. I, I think they'll get it done. I think they'll get it done. I, I feel like they know Lamar is too too good of a talent to just be letting walk free like that. Yeah, and I think too part of the thing is because he's a running. Now, obviously, he throws the ball well. But like they feel like mm, he has an injury past. He runs the ball. If, if they take out his legs, he's not going to be as dynamic of a player for that season. So they're like, do we, do we want to give a quarterback that that not? Because I feel like the big thing is like he's a running quarterback. You know, he throws the ball well as well. But yeah. they want to give the guy that depends on his legs as much. We know he has a history of being injured, and so that's definitely like kind of a thing. Whereas they would say with Deshaun, is like, well, even if he gets, even if he. Uh, gets an injury, he can still throw the ball except yeah. well to the point yeah. for the pocket or whatnot. So yeah, I was about to say when you're talking with the son, I was like, right, where are we going with this, Thomas? <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah, so it's gonna be interesting. I think they shut down the conversation for it for the season now. He said just want to focus on the season. I guess worst case scenario they'll probably do a franchise tag of next season. And then if they decide to do that, I think it's like you get paid like almost like the average of like the top guys in the league. Yeah, so like yeah, I think, yeah. I think you almost equal as the highest guy. One, do something like that. Like it just doesn't have long term, like long term guarantees, yeah. like that. So you're on a year by year contract in case you get hurt. You don't have much insurance. So something to watch for there. Just been a tough day in the league. Uh, y'all were recording this on Sunday for a lot of kickers, man. Oh my gosh, are you watching that Cincinnati? Uh, yeah, the kickers keep messing it up. I'm like, oh man, the whole can't get the whole right. A lot of games, and I heard them talk about this on the room, uh, Jordan Palmer's podcast. Man, the league's just so competitive right now. Everybody got a good quarterback. There's a lot of these, like, it seems like for the longest, you'd be like, okay, there's top two teams in this division, everybody else. It's yeah. not really like, even I would say the perfect example is the AFC North, where you got the Steelers, you got Cincinnati, you got the Ravens, and you got the Browns. Like, show me a bad team in that division. Like, these yeah. is nice. They got good quarterbacks. Like, and, you know, obviously, if you got good quarterbacks, the rest of the team is rocking. So, it's, it's been kind of crazy to see that. Uh, just see the league has kind of leveled itself out. I mean, besides you have, like, yeah. Jacksonville. And even Jacksonville, you got Trevor Lawrence, so they feel like at some point it's going to really turn over to be what they're yeah. expecting to be. My Browns got the win today. Beat the uh, Carolina Panthers, Baker Mayfield. You know, Baker Mayfield is hoping to get that win first game as a Panther and also kind of the old team. That did not happen. We got the win with the final shout-out. My boy Jacoby Brissett, who went – let me get y'all the stats. He went 18-4, 34 for 147 yards. So, he got the job done. Nick Chubb, 22 carries, 141 yards. And uh, Baker Mayfield in this game, 16 for 27 for 235 yards. And Robbie Anderson came to play. Five catches, 102 yards, and a touchdown. So we got the win of this one. Going to shoot it to Thomas' team right here real quickly. The Vikings, yeah. are they still playing? Is that game over with? Oh, no, nah, no. Nah. We, we had that 430 game. We've been uh, 
Yeah, it's so crazy because I'm out here. It's t- the game's at the first game's at ten. So I, like, yeah. It oh yeah, I'm forgetting. Yeah, for yeah, four thirty. Yeah, that's different for you. It throws my whole thing off. It's like the second game's at one. I'm like, no, it's not. Second game is at. <laughs> what are y'all talking about? But it looks like the Vikings got the win, twenty three to seven. Your boy Justin Jefferson had a day in it. Woo, boy. Yeah. Hey man, and the new offense we got, we got the Rams OC from last year. You know, as our head coach Kevin O'Connell. And they've been talking about it, man. They've been hyping it up all offseason, saying, you know, just hearing interviews from the players and, you know, staff on the team, they've just been saying that that offense is a lot more opened up now. And really just in, in Minnesota in general, this is the first time we've had a offensive-minded coach. Like, in the, yeah. like Mike Zimmer, our last coach, was the Bengals defensive coordinator before he came to us and was a DB coach with the Packers back in the day. Um, we had Leslie, Leslie Frazier back in the day who was a defensive-minded coach. Um Mike Singletary, defensive-minded coach. Um, so this is the first time we really got a, a, a head coach that's predicated towards the offense and going, you know, kind of show love to the offense first. Um, and, yeah, like I said, I, I've been hearing the hype about, you know, you know, just, just how he's, he's you know, uh, drawing up plays to get uh, guys open and, and get the ball in their hands. So it was, it was exciting to see it really, really, you know, in action on Sunday. Um, and that was a that was that's a good you know that ain't no slouch secondary in Green Bay either they got one of the top corners in the league in, in Jair Alexander and then on the other side Eric Stokes one of the you know better young corners in the league out of Georgia um, so I mean yeah it ain't like he just did this against you know just just an average secondary man so nah I, I'm expecting a big year for my boy for sure no for, hey heck of a start nine catches 184 yards uh, two touchdowns after 20.4. Uh, yards per catch. Uh, Kirk Cousins ended up today with 20, going 23 for 32 for 277 yards, two touchdowns. Dalvin Cook, 20 carries, uh, 90 yards. So what's that averaging almost five yards a carry? Can't complain. Big day for the Vikings. And, and I, I agree with this, with this Aaron Rodgers situation. It's like, yo, like, what, what, what do you have y'all left me with? Like, yeah. what, what am I supposed to do with these guys? I don't have none of my guys. Meanwhile, I'm seeing Devontae Adams completely do a cornerback in. Did you see that route, Devontae boy, Adams? <laughs> man, man, that boy is the real deal, man. I'm telling you, man. Seeing him do that, I'm like, okay. And it's like that was his – that was that used to be Aaron Rodgers' guy. Speaking of which, the uh, Raiders did end up losing with the final score of 19-24 to the Chargers. That's another division that's going – Him and Carl look good, though, man. What'd you say? I said him and Carl look good. I ain't going to lie. I'm to <laughs> go back and watch that. Him and Carl look good. Yeah. Yeah, no, hey, they, they've been working on that connection during the uh, uh, preseason, obviously, well, during training camp, most likely. So now it's like now you get to kind of put it out there. And I mean, if you just look at that uh, Raiders team in general, Josh Jacobs, the running back, I mean, we all remember him from playing at Alabama. You got Devontae Adams. Darren Waller just got that new contract. You saw that? Yeah. Yeah. Him and Renfro got, got a new contract. Renfro, Hunter Renfro's out there. What's going on right now where I got from University of South Carolina? Uh, Edwards, Brian Edwards. He played for he played for the Falcons now. Oh, he got traded to the Falcons. I either traded or you know released and, and signed with him in free agency. But that that whole that whole draft class the Raiders had, and I think twenty nineteen or twenty twenty, where they had like what you know with Cleveland Farrell and them boys, you know, in the first round, Josh Jacobs, you know, Abrams, all them. Man, that whole draft class was like a flop. Like I think almost none of them boys still playing for the Raiders. I think the only ones left are like Josh um, Jacobs, Jonathan Abrams at safety. Um, so I think that's it. Because like I said, yeah, everybody, everybody else either been, um, you know, released or traded. So I was even looking at that cornerback from Clemson, uh, Trayvon Mullen, that went out there. Yeah, I think he's gone too. Yep, even he's in Arizona. So yeah, Thomas, yeah. you on one right there. That's crazy. You know, it works out sometimes. It's like sometimes you hit and it's like, oh man, this is a great draft class. And other times, just like, we're, we're getting all these guys out of here. We're going to kind of move forward. Yeah. Um, last thing I wanted to mention, I just want to get your prediction after this. Uh, you know, y'all know I'm out here in Arizona, so you got to talk about uh, Arizona Cardinals versus those Kansas City Chiefs. Man, oh, man, I'm going tell you what right now. The <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs ain't skipped a beat. They have yeah. not skipped a beat. This Patrick Mahomes, these he takes these arm angles and takes them to a whole different level. First of all, it is like blatantly obvious his Patrick, like his passes to Travis Kelsey, it's like he is their soft tosses. Travis just runs it to him. They have such good chemistry at this point. Yeah. I mean, there is no verbal communication necessary. 
Yeah. The boys like that. Hey, J- Juju Smith looking nice. I mean, this yeah. final for this game, it, it was 44-21, Kansas City gets the win. But it felt even worse than that. I don't know if the Cardinals just didn't come to play. Man, oh, man, uh, Travis Kelsey. As Travis Kelsey was lined up against Isaiah Simmons, which you would think on paper is a good physical matchup. No competition. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> no competition. They were they were kind of going crazy. My boy Isaiah Simmons. Y'all remember him from Clemson? He was the safety slash linebacker that ran like a four four at the combine at like six foot five. Uh, so you think that'd be a good matchup between him? Because I think in college, I mean high school. I remember at Clemson, Brent Venables didn't know what they wanted to do with him because he's just a freakish athlete. But yeah. He made his match. Patrick Mahomes, thirty for thirty nine, three hundred sixty yards, five touchdowns. Uh, Travis had over 100 yards, going 121 yards uh, with eight catches and a touchdown, averaging 15 yards a catch. Even Juju averaging 13 yards a catch, uh, six receptions, 79 yards. So just a big day for them. And Clyde, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I think he was, I think he's been injured in the past, but he had a big yeah. game too. Yeah, he had like two touchdowns, I think. Yeah, two receiver touchdowns. Hey, Kansas City, like I said, we were all wondering what happened, you know, and he played lose a couple of guys on the team. Try, uh, Patrick Mahomes got no guys to get in the offseason, said this is a prove-it year. All, everything is going as normal. So it's, yeah. it's been crazy to watch. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, man. It's like people – I mean, yeah, you know, I ain't going to lie. I, 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 I'll admit it. I always wanted to, you know, skeptics kind of wondering, you know, how we would do just because I, I think we all saw and understood how important Tyree was to that offense. Yes. Or just that extra element he added to where it's like, when Mahomes does get to doing all the improvising he does, I mean, you know, nobody already nobody can keep up with Tyreek, but you know, on them scramble drills, you know, really nobody's keeping up with him then. So I thought he might lose an aspect with him in that, but like you said, man, they ain't scared to beat. Um, and I mean, I think the, the, the part people kind of sleep on is like, you know, Mahomes has been doing this number one, but you know, he got flat, you know, kind of in, in, in his earlier years. Um, just for, you know, mechanics, decision-making, whatever you want to call it. But, I mean, people forgetting year by year, he's just getting more experience. Um, so, you know, and, I mean, Travis Kelsey, you know, is already a, a you know, real experienced vet. So, um, I mean, yeah, man, just, you know, looking at hindsight, I don't know I don't know why we really expected a, a, a big drop-off. Because, um, I mean, yeah, my home, I mean, kind of like you were explaining earlier with the whole Texas situation with Quinn Ewers, man, it's like, Long as you got that that, you know, quarterback holding the whole offense down, man, it's like you know you, you really can do anything out there, no matter who's out there catching the passes. Um, so yeah, man, I I ain't gonna lie, I wouldn't expect them to come out and, and put it on Arizona like they did. Um, but I mean, I feel you know like what you said, it's kind of like a statement game for them, kind of like a prove it game, and you know, you know, for Mahomes to kind of remind people like he's still here, you know, he he ain't really uh you know lost anything. And you know, you know, with losing Tyreek in the offseason. So yeah. And that game was in Arizona as well. And they just do a lot of untraditional things. Like you yeah. even see Patrick Mahomes like getting he's looking to underhand toss the ball in the middle yeah. of a whole bunch of traffic. They got it figured out out there in Kansas City. They'll keep rolling. Just want to get your quick prediction here. Tomorrow night's Monday night football. Got the Denver Broncos, Russell Wilson facing his old team, uh, Seattle Seahawks. Appreciate it. Yeah, this game is in Seattle. Jamal Adams, as far as I understand, is playing in this game. I don't, I don't hear any any injuries from him. Uh, what's give me a prediction? Who you got? Man, I got a Broncos. It's not out there, Seahawks. Man, I don't know. I get man, man. I'm so mad about that. Like I get his rest, little homecoming revenge game, whatever you want to call it. But like, I mean, come on, man. It's really not like. Like, the Seahawks not about nothing, man. They did not have to make that no Monday night game. Like, I don't really feel like it's going to be any kind of, like, robbery or animosity kind of aspect added on to that game. Like, it'd be different if, like, he going back and Sherman, all them boys still there or something on the defense. But it's like, come on, man. It's like, nah. Uh, yeah, Broncos probably going to go there and beat the snot out of Seattle. <laughs> the snot out of – who's the starting quarterback? <laughs> yeah, I ain't lying. Who's the starting quarterback for Seattle anyway? Is it? Uh, man, I think it's Geno. I think Drew Locke lost his job. I think Geno Smith start, man. Geno. All right. Now, Geno, I think Come on, Geno last, even last season, the year before last season, when his little bit of time started when Russell Wilson was down, we were like, all right, Geno about to get the boys right. And, we, and you kind of think of him a little bit like, um, not exactly, but when you see Tyler Huntley and you see Lamar Jackson, okay, these, these playing styles kind of work together. Yeah. 
starter. Yeah. Same thing a little bit with Jacoby. It was so funny. Watch Jacoby Brissett. He took off running one time. I was oh, like, that's not Deshaun. But, you know, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. and even with that situation, I'm thinking, like, they got uh, Josh Rosen on the practice squad. I'm like, so in case uh, Jacoby gets hurt, Josh Rosen completely changes the whole style of this off yeah. or whatever. And so I guess they're thinking, like, all right, well, Gino ain't Russell. But if you squint a couple times and, you know, maybe close one eye, maybe you can see some of that in there. But, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you as well. I think Russell Wilson, with all of those weapons in Denver, uh, now the thing is they got a quarterback too. So it's like, okay, now we can we should be ready to roll. I think yeah. you're expecting to see a win there. And we have to. So I'm also going to go ahead and predict that the Broncos get the win. Have to mention. Now, I know in the weather conditions, we're kind of shaking this game, but did you see Chicago beat uh Yeah. yeah. Man, I, I I I ain't thinking too much of it because of them <laughs> conditions. Uh yeah, I I ain't gonna I ain't gonna think too much of that because because of them conditions they was in, man. I'm gonna have to see Lance in the regular, you know. Yeah, nice sunny day in San Francisco. Some some he gonna be more playing in, you know, throughout the man, them games he played in a day, that's on some once every two, three seasons, you're gonna see one of them type games. So yeah, yeah I, I don't it but it, it it doesn't help that Jimmy G signed back. So it's like they got they really got a backup just ready to go at any point up there in, in San Francisco. So yeah, yeah. now nah, he, he he is gonna have to get on his game now. He can't he can't be out there playing. Yeah, because the, the reason I kind of had put those two together is because from what I understand, they think that in San Francisco they got a championship team. Yeah. And, and so it's like if the quarterback position is the only thing, we will remove the quarterback and get a new one in there. I'm obviously rooting for it. As a matter of fact, I was really kind of I hated the weather conditions were bad in this game because you know I'm a big quarterback yeah. guy. Justin Fields, Trey Lance. I'm like, oh, this is my type of game. Like, these are the guys. Yeah, I'm that's – come on, man. I was hyped for it until I seen that weather. And I see, I saw Justin Fields do that slide in the game. I said, well, that told the story. It was nice to see Justin yeah. Fields getting the win, but uh, we'll see how this season continues. But Thomas, yeah. geez. Hey, it's a lot. Good show. I think it was a good show. We had a lot to cover there. I think we covered a lot of ground. Yeah, man. Uh, you got anything else? No, nah, man, I don't think so. Oh no! Look no, out no. for my look out for my Vikings, man. I try I try to tell people, man, that offense for real this year. Hey, it looks like it, Justin. It was, and it's funny because like we think of Justin Jefferson the dance and even the Madden or whatnot. It's like, oh, so we're gonna be able to give him more touches? Okay, yeah, we're gonna see. And I don't think they really compete necessarily, but it's interesting to see him and Jamal, right? So, yeah, okay. yeah. Better receiver coming out of that team. Also, and I almost forgot it again. Thursday night football. You saw what happened to Rams? Oh, yeah, yeah. You're talking about, talking about Bills, Rams. Yeah. Man, I was – yeah. <laughs> and, of course, it was Diggs, right? There's a yeah. lot of receivers that could have been. But Diggs is going to let you know about it. Yeah. Yo, 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 yeah. I, but, man, man, I, I ain't going to lie. I, look, I tweeted it on Twitter. I was like, man, when I was doing, watching the game, I'm like, man, they need to get Ramsey out that, out that little star position they got him in, where it's like they're kind of trying to – they they tried it last year in a season opener and it did work well when they played the Bears, um, but they're kind of trying to put him in a position because I think throughout the years, like in Jacksonville, they kind of saw like when you got like a shutdown corner, yeah, he shuts down you know a side of the field, you know, so called shuts down the side of the field, but it's like he's not really getting involved in the game. So I okay. think they're trying to get Ramsey more involved, you know, making tackles. Um, you know, just so that they, they kind of had him playing what they call like a star position where sometimes he'll line up like in a slot at nickel or almost like a linebacker, you yeah. know, type position. Um, but because of that, half the time he's not guarding, you know, the team's, you know, number one receiver. So a lot of them catches that Diggs had that night weren't on Ramsey. But, I mean, of course, everyone saw the big bomb that it was. Um, now, he did he did raise the players on Ramsey for sure. I ain't, you know, I ain't going to take that away from him. He, he was out there cooking. Um, but... I think for the Rams' benefit, they got to get Ramsey back out there on the island and, and get him back in that mode where he's really like the number one shutdown corner. Um, but yeah, man, and, and not not to you know cut you off, but I, I do want to make another point, man. I just I got a little prediction or just some uh, a trend I've been noticing developing. But I think I think the new wave of football mat is gonna be these like these little receivers being like number one guys. You know, usually when we think of number one receiver. Like a Devontae Adams, a guy like six two, six three, yeah, yeah. you know, two ten, two fifteen, you know, kind of, you know, kind of a big guy, be a big prototypical receiver. But man, you got guys like like a, a Justin Jefferson, who kind of, you know, more of a, a slender type guy. And I think really it got started with AB back in, in Pittsburgh, Antonio Brown. Yeah. Um, 
But, you know, I just noticed it like when we were watching the, the Southern Cal game. And, you know, you got a guy like Jordan Addison. He's not a big guy by any means, but he's, you know, best receiver in the country. So, man, that's, you know, like I said, not to get off topic or nothing, but I just see that train coming where it's like I, anybody can be, you know, somebody's top receiver. But to get back on that that, that Thursday night game, man, it, it was kind of sloppy, though. I think Josh Allen threw two picks. Matt Stafford had like two or three picks. Yeah. Totally. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, it was. You know, week one stuff, like I say, man, that, that NFL season so long, man. Like I was telling my boys watching the game, in the grand scheme of things, once we get to week 16, week 17, ain't nobody going to remember this week. Ain't yeah, nobody going to remember sure. what happened in week one. So it's like, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, just take it, the learning things. things. Yeah, about. yeah, just learn from it. That's it. And I think that's I think that's an interesting point, what you were saying about the smaller receivers, because especially how, like, how quick football has gotten, especially on the outside and stuff. Yeah. You need the quick guy. The yep. big guy is dope, especially in the red zone. Sometimes they make the big play, but the quick yep. guy makes room in spaces. And now you're just seeing a lot of untraditional ways of getting guys the ball. So that's what it, that's yeah, that's what it is. They just find it with new ways to get guys the ball and stuff with all this motion and you know dead sweeps, all that kind of stuff. So because there was even a play of the Chiefs, and I think that the Chiefs are known for it. they used to do it with Tyreek Hill. It's just a dead sprint, and whenever they realize it's man coverage, it's a dead sprint for the guy to just kind of run down almost like a jet sweep type of. But he's yep. like the ball right there, and it's like yep. you want your little guy to go do that. Harmon makes the catch. Yeah, gets an end zone. Gets in there nonetheless. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think we are good and over our time. Yeah, you got to start thinking <laughs> manifested things in there. I think the sponsors are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think the sponsors are saying it's time to wrap it up. But uh, y'all, thanks for listening to another episode of uh, Matt Sports House. Thomas, always appreciate you coming on. If you're a small business and y'all are trying to sponsor the episode, it'd be like, uh, I always think like Dr. Pepper has sponsored this episode. You want to be Dr. Pepper? Hit us up. (laughs) (laughs) Hit us up on social media. As a matter of fact, let me go ahead and shout out the show's Instagram account real quickly. Y'all, we are going to move to... uh, tiktok at some point i just got to put the time together and do it we're gonna get it on this we got the clips going but the show's instagram account is going to be at matt sports house that's two s's one at the end of matt another one at the beginning of sports house so follow us on the instagram for all the updates i try to keep that thing updated as a matter of fact yeah i'll talk to you about that later thomas but yeah that's <laughs> all we have with this episode thanks for listening peace and i need to stop playing with me all y'all niggas acting like y'all niggas want to issue with a summer or something. If it's, if it's a joke or it's a motherfucking game or something, you know? I don't play no motherfucking games, man. Yeah. Staring at my wrist, wrist. Yeah, it blew a kiss of her. Water diamond Christopher. Water. Keep your kiss from mystical. Uh. Smoke, what's your temperature? Bet not at all mention them. Get you wet, intentional. Wet. We said hits ain't missing them. Bought another color now.